Uh, howdy, Hoodoo Thunkers. Before we get into the main episode, I just wanted to let you know, I screwed up. I miscounted. This is not episode 164. It's 165. So give myself credit. 165th episode here. <laughs> and I, I say 164 a lot. So anyway, it is in fact episode 165. Thank you. Well, howdy, Hoodoo Thunkers. I am back from my honeymoon. It's been a long break. Had uh, two weeks off in the podcast, but I'm back uh, with episode 164, Bomb Sniffing Bees. This week, uh, let's do the recommendation segment before we get into those bomb sniffing bees. This week, I recommend you watch Community. It's an old classic. I may have uh, suggested it before, but if I haven't, I'm glad I am now. The entire show is on Netflix right now, at least in the States, and it's one of the most bingeable shows out there. It's good. I mean, you, you can't stop watching it. Dan Harmon created this hilarious career-boosting show almost a decade and a half ago, long before his success with Rick and Morty. Here's the plot. When fast-paced lo- lawyer Jeff Winger, played by Joel McHale, finds his degree has been revoked, he is forced to go back to school at Greendale Community College. Hoping to score points with a pretty co-ed, he invents a study group and invites her to join it. Imagine his surprise when she's not the only one who shows up for help with uh, Spanish from the board-certified tutor he proclaims himself to be. Though his command of the language is anything but good, the members continue to meet up and learning a lot about themselves. It's um, The cast is what makes it, I think, the cast and the writing. You got Chevy Chase, you got uh, Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, uh, Alison Brie, Joel McHale. Um, yeah, great. Great cast, great writing, amazing. I binged the show back in college and decided to rewatch it after they announced the Community movie was coming out because it had been so many years since I've seen it. I was like, it probably still will feel relatively fresh to watch it again. And this one gets the Shannon stamp of approval. Shannon likes it too, my wife. She loves it. So I'm a pretty I'm a pretty niche guy. I like niche shows sometimes, but every once in a while, Shannon also likes what I'm watching. So, And this is definitely one of them. Now, for the main event... This week is about, well, bomb-sniffing bees. It kind of writes itself. But I the whole reason I had to do an episode because I was like, this doesn't sound like a real thing. Bees don't live that long. How the hell do you train a bee? Anyway, technologyreview.com writes like a good intro here. Last week, scientists at Los Alamos a National Laboratory in New Mexico buzzed with the results of a rigorous study on sophisticated bomb detectors. The research suggests that containing contained bees can be used to identify volatile compounds like TATP, the primary charge associated with the last summer's terrorist plot. Highly reliable and precise these next wave detectors are cheap to produce and easy to train. So yeah, it's a real thing, bomb-sniffing bees. Apparently in the entomologist world, entomology being the branch of zoology concerned with the study of insects, it is common knowledge that honeybees are like little bloodhounds. They have great senses of olfactory senses. They can sniff or eat or whatever. Um, They're good at sniffing stuff. They're great at detecting different scents of all kinds, apparently even explosives. On the basis of this bomb-sniffing bee idea, the Los Alamos National Laboratory launched CISP, or the Stealthy Insect Sensor Project. CISP. (laughs) Not a bad name. I like the acronym. With a dude named Timothy Harmon as uh, the lead investigator. Timothy and his team have actually trained bees to extend, yeah, this is a quote, extend their proboscises tubular organs used to suck the nectar from flowers in the presence of explosives. To layman's eyes, to layman's ears, 
It's 100% what they just said, that little quote, extend their proboscis tubular organs used to say, what it looks like, it's their tongues. <laughs> I guess anatomy, the anatomy is way different than an actual tongue, but it looks like a, it's a tongue. It's 100% looks like the bees are uh, being kept in cages and coaxed into sticking out their tongues to lick explosive materials. But scientists like to complicate things, so I guess a bee's tongue is called a proboscis tubular organ. I don't know. It's their tongues. It comes out of their face, looks like a tongue, same color as a tongue, does the same thing as a tongue, it tastes things, so who knows? Anyway, the idea is that the bees lick the explosives and are given a treat right after. Similar to most Pavlovian experiments, you know, Pavlov's dog, where some dude named Pavlov had a dog, he'd ring a bell, give the dog food, ring a bell, give the dog food. Well, they found out if he just rings the bell, the dog will start to salivate, anticipating food. We are Pavlovian creatures, humans, I guess bees too. When you give them one thing and then give them a treat right after, they associate that thing with the treat. You can also do it negatively. You you give them... You, you you let the bee you let something you give some something negative to a, th- a thing it associates it with negatively anyway they give these things a little treat these bees a little treat they associate it with whatever came before it or after and that is this explosive material specifically only found in, sp- in explosives um so there you go that's the idea the bee associates the explosives with nutrients or the sugar water and therefore will seek out explosives thinking they're going to get sugar water from it now, I'm going to remind you, this isn't the plot of one of those abysmally crappy movies that first aired on the Sci-Fi Channel in the 2000s, like it sounds. It sounds like some made-up crap. I don't know. This is reality. <laughs> this is happening. I read a headline uh, that the bomb-sniffing bees were a thing, and I saw a few seconds of a clip of them training these things. I could not believe it was real. Bees only live for like a few months at most. And the idea of releasing bees into an airport, train station, or any other public place where bombs might be kept, it just didn't seem like a practical tactic for security. It, it didn't make sense. I said, this has to be made up. But then I looked at the, the people posting it. I kept watching the video. I looked into it a little bit more. This is real. That's why I'm doing an episode. I, it sounds like complete malarkey. The first factor that made me think, okay, maybe... They can pull this off for real and and practical uh, means, bomb-sniffing bees, that is, is that the training is apparently pretty easy. Bees are super programmable, it turns out, and it takes about three hours to train 50 honeybees. So, yeah, three hours, you get a couple months worth, like I said, to live a couple months. Uh, Here's the quote. If you hold up sugar water to bees, they stick out their proboscis, Timothy Harmon says. So that's, that's what it is. You hold out the sugar water, they eat it. And then they associate it with others around them. Pretty simple training. And three hours, 50 honeybees, there you go. <coughs> Excuse me. From technologyreview.com. By combining a target substance with sugar water and then presenting the compound to the bee, the researchers manipulate the insects into recognizing a distinct smell. By the end of the session, successfully trained bees extend their proboscises towards explosives. Bees trained at one concentration of vapor easily recognize lower doses. Chemist Robert Wingo, who works on the projects, says that the bees prove to be more sensitive than many sophisticated man-made devices. Quote, they are capable of detecting TATP and the instruments I have available in the lab are not able to detect TATP, he says. So the robot versions of what we were trying to do the same thing aren't as good as these bees. And these bees take three hours to train. That's that's the key. And if it took a day or so to train these things, I don't think they'd be doing it. But three hours to train 50 of them? 
pretty good. Honeybees can also pick explosives out of more complicated bouquets, like the myriad scents that surround a typical human being. Trained bees can identify explosives whose odors were masked by lotions, underarm deodorants, tobacco products. Much to our surprise, the, the bees are capable of picking out TNT in motor oil. Even in the presence of insect repellent, we can train them to detect DN TNT. That's what that uh, guy, chemist Robert Wingo said. That's cool. That's a, that's your headline right there to really sell it. The TNT and motor oil. They can pick out TNT and motor oil. Pretty cool. Everyone knows what TNT is. Everyone knows what motor oil is. You got it. And then you put that little tag on the headline there. Even in the presence of an insect repellent, we can train them to detect the TNT. Awesome. In Harmon's system, the bees are contained in tubes, so their proboscises can easily be monitored. Unfortunately, a contained bee only lasts about two days. Quote, we find that after about 48 hours, you start to get a high mortality rate. Being confined is hard on them. Plus, not all bees prove to be up to the task of detecting explosives. Like dogs, some of the insects are more successfully trained than others. We like to think of bees as these nice little robots, but they there were certain bees that did better than others, Harmon says. So they're running into that. There's some that are easily more trained on one of the different species. They have African honeybees. You have all different kinds of honeybees. Maybe they'll find a, the species of honeybee that's best at picking out these explosives. At the University of Montana's Biological Sciences Division, there's a bee expert, Jerry Bromenshank. <laughs> I think it's a pretty cool name. Bromenshank. Bromigo. Anyway, uh, Bromenshank pioneered the bee-detecting system. Like He was the, one of the first to do it, um, to train bees and bee colonies to detect stuff like explosives, meth labs, and dead bodies. Now... <laughs> My sources didn't go to these other ones. I just, you know, it would have been a lot longer podcast. But I want to know. I like to picture a detective who trains bees to find dead bodies for him <laughs> to win like a, a a serial killer case or something. It's like I'm out here on the beat. I got my bees with me, finding all the dead, <laughs> all the victims. I love my girls. They detect all the dead bodies. I don't know. I just the, the the bee detective is a is a funny idea to me. And the meth lab, maybe a DEA agent with a hive of bees in his truck as he goes down somewhere where they find meth labs at a biker biker motorcycle club or something. I don't know. But Broman Shank's training method differ from Timothy Harmon's method. Uh, this Broman Shank dude, he works primarily with free-flying bees that are allowed to roam large outdoor spaces. When the bees detect a large scent, they tend to slow down and circle the area. Using audio, video, and laser systems, Broman Shank, yeah, that's right, lasers, Broman Shank and colleagues can analyze the flight patterns of thousands of trained bees and produce a density excuse me, density map indicating the most likely locations of the target substance. Uh, with tens of thousands of bees searching, they can quickly canvas uh, an area of a mile. A mile! That is insane. But Bromenshank says Harmon's bee-in-a-box approach still has its place. So Bromenshank does his stuff. He does wider areas. He finds dead bodies within a mile. That's insane. Uh, what are we doing to these poor bees? <laughs> um, but I, I hope they're being taken care of. Free-flying bees don't work well in airports, he says. That's the thing. This Broman Shanks bees with the mile, they don't do well in airports, train stations, like I was thinking. How would bees do that? So apparently they already use bees to find meth labs, dead bodies, and explosives in outdoor areas. Um, this is, now these bomb-sniffing bees are more specific to, like, airports and stuff. That's where I'm thinking, just, just a, I mean, I just spent my honeymoon flying to and from Mexico. Imagine going to an airport, train station, where have you, uh, bus station, whatever, and all of a sudden, you just see 
a swarm of bees flying around. And then you see dudes in probably like polos and, and, and gla- like sunglasses walking around with clipboards or something trying to find these bees. You'd be like, what the hell is going on? You'd be freaking out. And you then you find out they're trying to sniff for bombs and you'd be – you'd think you're in, like I said, some crappy sci-fi plot movie. I mean, it's weird. An entomologist by the name of Jim Tum, Tumlin, Tumlinson – from the Center of uh, Chemical Ecology at Pennsylvania State University, believes in the science of training insects. Not a big shocker when you've dedicated your life to studying insects. I'm sure he does believe that <laughs> you can train them. But uh, Jim says finding practical ways to utilize trained insects is a challenge. Jim's works, he works with uh, boll weevils and parasitic wasps. Both uh, boll weevils, not that cool, I don't think. Parasitic wasps. I love watching nature docs on those. They're horrifying. Uh, but anyway, researching their biomechanics to improve man-made systems. Um, like right now, he's working on using the makeup of uh, insect antennas to better make a mechanical sensor. So that, I mean, he's he works with them differently. But moving from the laboratory to the real world can introduce complicated obstacles, says this Jim Tumlinson. If you're in the laboratory, you can get these insects to respond fairly reliably. In any field situation, the conditions are hard to control. It gets much more difficult, uh, end quote. But he says the high sensitivity of these insects is too fascinating to ignore. So uh, he says it's very tempting to think we can do something with it, and maybe we can. We are in the process of learning as much as we can about how natural systems operate. So it sounds like Jim Tumlinson's kind of where I'm at. Yes, the capability of insects is really cool. They're easily programmable because they have the hive system already, so we can get them to do things. But I think we're way too quick into this. This um, Timothy Harmon and the CISP project are like, yeah, we're going to have bomb-sniffing bees in a year. I don't think so. There's going to be a lot of obstacles running into putting this in the real world. Yes, they've done this in a lab with, where, you know, they have bees in little bee cages and they can respond to explosives. But try doing this in an airport. You're going to have tons of issues. I could see lawsuits. One old lady gets stung by a bee. Lawsuits. Boom. Uh, finding bees in the bathroom at, a, at an airport. No. So, yeah, there are many skeptics out there, myself included, who think the whole bomb-sniffing bee project won't work. But Timothy Harmon's CISP team have conducted field trials, and they think they'll be implemented within the year. Like I said, I doubt it. He envisions remotely controlled robots in battlefields capable of carrying a small amount of honeybees to a suspected IED, improvised explosive device, or car bomb. If the bees stick out their tongue, a bomb is close by. Sounds good on paper. Like I said, what if the bees just say, ha, screw you guys been keeping us in cages for all this time. I'm just going to fly away now. Thanks. (laughs) Quote, you lose a couple bees and that's disturbing to me, says Harmon, who keeps his own hives and used to teach beekeeping in South America. But I'm the only one who is disturbed. Uh, Wingo, that guy we talked about earlier, the chemist, he's a CISP team member working with Harmon, uh, Timothy Harmon, who had never worked with bees prior to this project, estimates that he's received hundreds of stings during the 18-month research gathering period. It's proven to be extraordinarily interesting, he says, but being stung is not fun. And when you look at these little cages, I just imagine they have to, like, handpick these these bees and, and hold them in between their fingers and put them in the cages. And, yeah, you're going to get stung a lot. And the thing with honeybees, they're not like, they're not like uh, yellow jackets. They can't just sting over and over, once they sting, they're dead. <laughs> I have seen video evidence. I saw this actually on a daily dose of internet where 
you can uh, uh, be stung someone but regretted it and then had to like wiggle the stinger back into their body so they wouldn't die. So that does happen, but apparently it's really rare. Most of the time when honeybee stings you, it's going to die. It just, you know, that stinger just ripped out all of its internal organs and it's not going to make it. So, yeah. On the blog, I do have um, very limited photos, just one little photo of a bee and the title image is of the bees in the cages. But what I do have is the Reddit video that, that sort of turned me on this, training bees to detect explosives. That's at the very bottom and it goes through everything that they do for these. It's not a very long video, but you get to visualize what these bees look like and it's crazy i like i said can't believe this is reality and that's my uh 164th episode i am back baby uh bomb sniffing bees thanks for listening who to thunkers until next week (laughs) 